All right, we all here? Yeah. Yes. All right, we're rolling. So we are going to start with the new character sheets. Here's what I want everybody to do, first of all. Everybody give me a 1D6. We need a tie. Two, four, three, six. Roll them again. We need a tie. Come on, try harder. One, three. six, five. All right, third time's the charm. Three, three, four, four. Okay, four. so. <clears throat> That's a little weird. <laughs> um, so you two tied first. I want you to open up <coughs> your character sheets and look at all the stuff that's inside. All four of you can. Whoa. Yes. So we now have a lot more information at a glance, including some full character descriptions based on the interviews that we did in the last session. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we'll deal with the stuff on the right side of the page in a moment. I want the two people who tied first to read each other's character descriptions. So, Baby Doll, if you would read Bardak. <clears throat> Mid-40s, 5 foot 10 inches, olive skin, unruly mid-length, black hair, brown eyes. Highly intelligent and stoic to the point of unsociability. He intuitively understands the complexities of even the most sophisticated man-made systems, yet the human condition is baffling and mysterious to him much of the time, much of his time working and spend... Oh, did I have a typo? Sorry about that. No, this I think we skipped him. a line. Oh, did I? Oh, and mysterious to him in its unique disorganization and unpredictability. This drives him to spend much of his time working and spend what little downtime he takes to reading philosophy, usually accompanied by 20th century classical music rather than the entertainment amenities on the ship. Scruffy looking and usually covered in stains from latest jobs. He only bothers to get a mist on Wednesdays and Saturdays. His skills in the pilot seat are evident but unused. Now, if you agree to heroes. Okay. Hero, late 20s, fit and agile, 5'5, five, five, curly blonde hair, tied back, green eyes. Her mind being taken from her. Wait, her, her mind being taken from her makes her value her body even more. Exercise and healthy eating are her religion. She worships at the VR console, where her daily simulations of activities in nature will just have to do. But she also loves to spend time in the hidden worlds within computers and electronics, almost mystically perceiving the intangible essences enslaved within them. This makes her an an intuitive hacker able to coerce any device or system to be her accomplice. This power of influence is seen in her real world, by a, uh, by a feeling of always needing to be right. The way she sees it, she isn't bossy, her ideas are just better. And she's often very vocal about her displeasure with an unpleasant situation. Her intuition isn't limited to unseen worlds and is evident, as in, ah, and is evident in her ability to read people she just met and even get them to trust her easily. Okay, now, you want to read Bl- uh, uh, Bosk's profile? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bosk, age 27, muscular, uh, 5 foot 11, green eyes, shoulder, shoulder length brown hair. Ace pilot who can expertly guide 
any craft through any space. His fierce metal manifests as as an obsession with violence, firearms, and explosives. A light eater, his main use for the galley lounge is for the VR game consoles, which he spends a lot of time preferring simulations or of fights for survival where only the most destructs destructs just up survive. Uh-huh. <laughs> and finally, let's hear about Baronics. Veronics, 25, lean and muscular, 6'1", blue eyes, black hair. Despite his obvious skill in combat, he is a scientist gifted in many dis- uh, disciplines, striving to understand the ways of the world around him. His station at ship sensors is natural extension of his tireless curiosity and desire to always know more about his surroundings. He is obsessive with which makes him research and even mood swing. Therefore, he spends most of his free time with TV, comic books, drawing loud and angry music, and often missing at least one meal a day, usually lunch. He is very conscious of his appearance, misting twice a day and never being caught looking at anything but neatly groomed. Okay, so, what do you guys think? Any arguments with your character descriptions there? I took everything that was said uh, at the end of the last session and tried to boil it, boil it down into something more narrative. Um, I get the feeling with Hera's profile of showing off my vocabulary. <laughs> I might need to trim that a bit. Um, but um, what this is hopefully going to help us all to do oh, yeah. is to get into our characters a little bit more, you know, um, so that you can be more true to your character. And we can really start, hopefully fleshing these out and making them real people. Now, as for the remainder of what's in the character sheet, um, yeah, you can see that I've put some basic things there that uh, that you're going to want to know, like how much money you've got on hand, how much fuel. Now, we previously had a link to that, um, but I figured it'd be easier to have it right there in front of you. Your reputation scores, what cargo you're carrying, and that sort of thing. And what's on the back? The usual? Yeah. Okay, inventory and game notes. Okay, so, and now, I mean, man, has a lot happened, and it has been three months. Um, Our last game, by the way, was February 17th, so it's been three months and a week, something like that. Um, I was kind of thinking that this three-month break has actually really been nice. It's given me some time to reevaluate how I do things. I mean, I spent all those months always just thinking about what the next session was going to be like, where this three months, I've really had time to reflect on you know, what's going to happen over the next year? I mean, you realize July 15th, we'll have been playing this game for a year. So I'm kind of thinking of this as kind of season two. Going to be some changes, going to be some different ways we do things, even starting with the characteristics. And then maybe we'll do 10 sessions, and then we'll take like another three-month break, you know? So, yeah, I'm thinking of this as kind of season two, um, and some things are certainly going to change. But that being said, it's... uh, Time for the big question. Um, somebody else asked the question today. Anybody? Except Tara. <laughs> Are we ready? To get weapons? <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. 
Are you ready for story time? Yes, I personally am. So, on the morning of day six of Jump, you are in the black void of your usual dreamless sleep in your bunk when a voice wakes you. And the voice says, Bully Maten in Serenapo, Tipa Haroes, Tasset Maten, Tipo Nago Comenros Noon. Yeah, that was over the intercom. This this is the third morning in a row he's done this. Poxo does the 7 a.m. wake up call, and then he goes to the galley lounge for the morning meeting. Uh, of course, he then just sits there through the meeting and listens attentively to all of you talk, but he obviously doesn't understand a single word during the meeting that he himself called. But yes, um, the morning wake-up call has just gone out. Um, uh, the uh, morning meeting is in 15 minutes at the galley lounge. Um, and I'll go ahead and let you guys know that according to the jump countdown clock at Nath Helm, um, you'll actually be dropping out of uh, jump space into the Brindle system later this morning. So, six-day jump. It was a little bit shorter this time. So... The wake-up call just went out. You were sleeping dreamlessly in your bunk, and um, it's 7 a.m. Kara sits up in her bed and once again forgot that there's a top on her bed, and she bangs her forehead. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go get breakfast. I'm going for my morning run. Okay. I'll get breakfast. You'll get breakfast? Okay. Yeah, I'll get breakfast too. Okay, so uh, three of you heading for the galley lounge where you expect a Poxo will show up for the morning meeting. I think he just likes keeping things organized and, you know, he just wants to be a part of this whole sci-fi dream he's living here. You know, um, he's been having the time of his life during this last week. Where, uh, where's Vril? Um, at the moment, you don't know. He's not in the bunkhouse, and he's not in the galley lounge. But yeah, Poxo's been having the time of his life, hanging out with each one of you in turn, following her around, watching, spending time. There was a, a, a day during the jump week that uh, Bardak used the trans... or that Poxo used the translator to ask Bardak some questions. Poxo hasn't had access to the translator much. Nobody has. Vril has been hogging it, but more on that later. But yeah, he's like, uh, he's really trying to get answers out of you. He asks, like, so what is your mission really, Gabo? Well, right now we're going to Brindle to take a shipment. But what are you out here in the cosmos to do, man? Mm, well... Our captain died, and some of our mission we're trying to figure out right now. Oh, all right. Trying to figure it out. All right, man. Don't worry. Your, your secret's safe for Poxo. <laughs> but, but your people have eliminated disease and poverty and war, right? Uh, from what... Well, each planet is different. And... Uh, I think when we get to this next planet, you'll see more of how the planets do differ from each other. Far out, man. That's great that you're bringing this influence to these other places. So, to settle it back for me, man, the Raelians and the Zedans, 
which one are you better friends with? And, and for that matter, are the Greens ever going to bring back my friend Death Lord? He's got my favorite pants, man. And they took him <laughs> while he was wearing them. I'm not sure. But what about the aliens and the Zebras? Uh, I don't know who you mean. Maybe we have different names for them. Ah, oh, that's right, man. That's right. So, but come on, you can tell me. You guys got, like, special powers, right? Like, you can, like, read minds. Like, like what am I thinking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of my powers. Oh. Alright, well, you know, here it seems like the really insightful one. Maybe I'll go check her now. So, yeah, there was this day that Poxo kind of cornered him and thought he was going to find out all the secrets of the universe. Does anybody else want to say they've been doing anything with Poxo during this week? Um, I've enjoyed Poxo Big Weapons. Okay. Poxo is not really interested in weapons. Now, he definitely looks at, like, fascinating technology. But, like, if you, like, asked him if he wanted to hold one, he'd be like, no, no, man, I'm good. I, I, I personally think that all life is precious, man, especially mine. So um, I'm not into doing anything that could go off and hurt me. What are you trying to say, Veronix? Uh, show them, uh, <clears throat> like, Shows and stuff. Oh, yeah, now that I'm sure he enjoyed. He is definitely the, the couch potato type, and, <laughs> and they, the, the stuff that's available on, on the ship it does not even compare to the kind of entertainment they have on home. So he doesn't even own whatever the equivalent of a TV on Kavma is. So that would be really fascinating to him. Now, <clears throat> Viril has not been very friendly or cooperative. He just wants to go back home but he'll settle for the next stop. Um, one thing that Poxo has revealed is that Vril is absolutely horrified to find out that out in space there's only more human beings. There's no aliens, there's no, you know, greater power, no benevolent power behind everything. Um, and he's just kind of been in a bad place, but... When I say a bad place, I don't mean the lab. That is what I was about to say. But he's mainly been in the lab and therefore spending a lot of time with Baronics and hogging the translator box. Um, you guys have been in the lab a lot. I mean, you are interested in science and technology, and he is very interested in science and technology. But he, it hasn't been social. He's been... Varela's been trying to kind of soak up everything he can about the technology and this wonder-filled world that he finds himself in. But he's also been teaching Veronics about some of the equipment that was brought back from their bus. More like showing it off. And this includes a very cool portable scanner that we might see later in today's session. Okay? And I'll go ahead and drop it here that coming soon, I didn't manage to get it done in time, but there's going to be a mini-game for ongoing research. So that every session, Baronix will have some, um, some results to tell us about research that's been done in the previous days. Now, again, we don't have that mini-game yet, but I figured that there would almost certainly be some things that you guys would want a top-notch scientist to be looking into. Mm -hmm. So, 
Go ahead and jump on any time, guys. What sorts of things would you task your science officer to be researching for you? What's in the brain water exactly? Okay. And what it does to us. All right. On your notes, on your back, you need to write down um, what they just said, that you're going to want to be researching brain water and what it does to them. Let him get that jotted down, and then we'll move to the next suggestion. How can we remove our earpieces? Oh, okay. I would like to know. Okay, and then... The guy said we aren't human, and that we maybe have our, had our minds erased many times. If there's some kind of scan we could do to verify that we're human, mm. and how many times our minds have been wiped. So, are you human, and how many times have your minds been wiped? I will turn these into mini-games where every session, you guys are going to be wanting to ask Wesley, so, you got any answers for us yet? Okay. And that will give Wesley a very important role to play in this game. Then we can have our researcher... I would think that would include, like, EEGs and stuff. You mean the finding out if you're human or not? Human. It could, yeah. I know where the aliens were looking for. <laughs> okay. So, um. And how many times we've been oh. wiped? Yeah. Our brains are wiped. We will um, flash forward a few minutes to the morning meeting. When everybody is gathered for the morning meeting, um, Poxo enters. And, um, yeah, he is, once again, he's been wearing Jax's uniforms lately. <laughs> Which are a bit too big for him, of course. He's the, like, uh, uh-huh. the dark like, green, the dark green of the uniform kind of actually blends with his shaggy bright green hair. Um, by the way, he gets Jax's uniforms from Jax's office, where he's taken to sleeping lately. I mean, he doesn't really come across like... He's trying to make himself the new captain of the ship. Um, but number one, it's the only free uniforms available. Um, and number two, again, he's just, he's kind of role-playing his own thing, you know? He's like, he's space poxo now, you know? So, um, so yeah, he sits there in his uh, uniform, and um, uh, I probably should have come up with a phrase, but he says something like, now the morning meeting may con- uh, commence or whatever. Um, Vril actually has news. And he uses the translator box and talks into it for a couple of minutes and then plays it for everybody to hear. He, um, he has managed to isolate a frequency. It is obviously some kind of data stream between your earpieces and the ship computer. And he has figured out how to insert code into the stream, which will then propagate out to all the devices. And so what he's going to do is try to upload his translation software to your earpieces. So he whips out this one of the devices that came from the boss. And he starts doing a few things. He looks a little nervous. Like, maybe this won't work as well or as easily as he thought it was. And 
he's going to be embarrassed by the whole thing. You guys don't hear anything. You know, there's no beeps or chirps in your earpieces to let you know that anything's going on. And he just keeps doing stuff, and finally he says, El sire pavas kamani minun. And a voice in your earpiece says, So can you understand me now? Now, there is a slight delay, a few words, two seconds or so, but it is possible to listen to the translation and make out the speaker's tone of voice without difficulty. So, he asks, so can you understand me now? Yes. Yeah, okay, um, he kind of looks irritated and hands you the translator box, and he starts speaking, and you hear in your ear, yeah, you can understand us, but we still can't understand you without the box. So, he hands you the box, and you will, I assume... Yes. Okay. So, you guys can now understand Poxo and Grill in your earpieces. He seems to have isolated a frequency that is a data stream and can insert code into it. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. Can I grab the box and say thanks? We could use you to maybe, hopefully, make him stay so we can use his knowledge of technology. Um, as long as he agrees that he lets you have the box. Sure. Okay. Um, he uh, is unmoved. He's not really an emotional guy, but he nods like, yes, I am important, aren't I? And don't you forget <laughs> it. But you now have access to this data stream. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could hack into the data stream. I'd be curious what we're sending back and forth. Uh, what, what's... Also, what's in the data stream? Maybe like we're certainly sending something our location to the ship because when we were, I don't know, remember the circumstance of this, but there's the dots of showing where everybody is on the ship. Maybe that's just oh, the earpieces. Yeah. yeah, that was the earpieces. So it probably would. It probably wouldn't show Box and Room. No. So we're. we're we're sending at least that amount of data to the ship, but I don't know what else we're sending. Well, we do have the hacker who suggests that perhaps she could take a peek into the data stream. Um, we will skip over the part of what you would use to do that, because it just occurred to me and I forgot to even think about that. Um, however, um, perhaps, what about at your comms station? You're probably getting really familiar with your comm station and how to do all sorts of things. So he could give you the frequency, and then you could sit there and start having a look at it. So um, we'll say this happened later if we need to, but um, yeah, why don't you give me, what do you think that would be, computers? What skill do you want to use on this? I didn't even look at your sheet to see what you have. Computers. Okay. And then it would um, surely involve some intelligence. So give me that 2d6, add your computer skill and your intelligence. Make it good. Twelve. Oh, my. Anybody remember what twelve means? Yes. Twelve means you get everything. You get everything that I've got written here. So... Um, Hira, as you poke around, you find this out. So what I'm seeing is that they seem to be random numbers when I first look at it. 
Um, but a closer look, it looks like medical um, medical data, and there's looks like four streams. There's body temperature, pulse. <laughs> My screen turned off. Um, blood pressure, oxygen, respiration rate, uh, electrolytes, neural activity, and other stuff that I don't quite know what it is. So being the medical type, you recognize, hey, I know those numbers. Those are that's medical metrics. Mm -hmm. Okay. After some data sifting, four encoded feeds eventually emerge. Each carries a lot of data, but it's all encrypted with a very advanced algorithm. Uh, each stream does have one bit that repeats intermittently. And I think I can decrypt them. It says Hera5.hfs.bo5hm. Yeah, I don't know what these numbers mean. <laughs> but there's one for the four of us. You could share them to Hangouts and everybody can have a look at them. Or, you know what, I can do it. It's fine. We will just pretend that um, Hera shared this information with I think this has to do with our position on the ship. Yeah. Because, like, mine is, well, six, and I'm the oldest, and then BO5, that's probably some kind of identifier for our ship. And then my, I'm like the engineer and pilot. Wait, so... Boss, BO5 PW pilot, and then what's like your secondary thing? Oh, uh, wait. Yes. Weapons, yeah. Pilot weapons. Okay, Baronics. Oh, and BO5 hacker medic. And then BO5... Your like uh, sensors or are you contact contact science? No, I'm no. contact now. I'm oh. combat. So combat sensors maybe. Combat sensor. Uh, maybe it's switch. And then so Hera H female, and then we're all H M for male. Oh yeah, I see. But what is the like the last letter? S P I R I. And all the letters Wait, except ones? for Bardax is uppercase C H M I, and then H M R, but the H M I the I is in capitalized. Wait, what, but what does this Bardax six and then Hera five? Well, I'm the oldest. Maybe that's how many times I've been wiped. Maybe it's something to do with age. I don't think it has to do anything with age because like it goes six five three two. Where would the beef? Oh, maybe. There, why there, there isn't a four because um, Jax isn't here anymore. Well, there's not a one either. Maybe the numbers do mean how many times we were wiped. Because when we were, Poxo said, um, we came again, so maybe that did happen, but we just got wiped and didn't remember. Five times. So, just... Simple answer, you look, you see 
bardax6.hmi.bo5ep. Um, what do you take that to be? Well, M, I feel pretty confident, means male. Well, I meant you all have one of these things. Yeah. Like an identification. Within the company. Yeah. Right? This is, if you don't have a first and last name, apparently this is how Delos is designating you. Maybe you now know your real name, so or, to speak. Or maybe we're not actually human and we're robots. Oh, or amazing. at least uh, we were grown in a lab. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of C3PO or R2D2, you're... Like maybe you. there's a whole line of heroes, like Hero 1, Hero 2, and so on. Um, hero comes Boss from the Hero 5 three. generation. Oh, that's an interesting yeah, boss. Yeah. Like I'm the third boss. Because Bosk 3, I'm like Thank the you. second Baronix. Maybe. Ooh. And the sixth That's an Baronix. interesting idea. That could explain why Paco mm-hmm. thinks he saw us. Because mm-hmm. maybe there is uh, just earlier generations. Oh, so yeah, now we have a new mystery to unfold. You know, while you guys are um, uh, talking about all this, um, in fact, we could even say you haven't had that conversation yet because you guys are still in the galley lounge when... Oh, I... From from my earpiece, I hear an alert that we're going to be jumping from jump space. Oh, okay. this. But, com- but it's coming from my earpiece. So maybe it's because, like, you know, since there's some kind of traffic, oh, there's... Actually, this is a new trick that Vril has done. Hmm. He also spent some time playing around the bridge. And he has tied your bridge station into your earpiece. So you can get notifications without being on the bridge. He was poking around and discovered that the stations on the bridge are programmable. And even have some programs on there already. Maybe Jex didn't get to this part of your training. Mm-hmm. So it seems the ship still has a few features that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Okay? So not only can your station be programmed to notify you of certain conditions, but it also, as I said, has a few programs already built in, such as an autopilot for approach on a planet. You know the mini game we play with the board? You won't do that anymore. You now have a program, an autopilot program, that you can engage in. It's been there the whole time, and you guys didn't know about it. I wonder why Jax didn't tell you. Now we can sell a cannon and we don't have to fly the ship. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. But this is autopilot. This is not a general autopilot. This is for approach. Once you break Atmo, you put in the coordinates of where you want to go. Remember, Jax told you he had already put the coordinates for Mel's hole into the computer. And then he manually followed to those coordinates. Well, come to find out, you could have just engaged in approach autopilot. But there are also programs like periodic scans at ship sensors. I keep looking at the wrong person. person. So you can set it like every so often, it'll do a certain kind of scan. Um, you can set up automated, automated diagnostic. Say it for me. Yeah. Automated diagnostics at ship systems. Um, And he hasn't even started looking at the comms station yet. But none of these programs have been activated yet. 
except for the earpiece notifications. But you guys are in the galley lounge, and he just got notified you'll be dropping out of jump space soon. So that's handy, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of these, as I said, a lot of these programs haven't been activated yet. You don't even know what they necessarily do. They're not clearly labeled. And really, two tech guys here, it is, is it ever a good idea to just punch a button and find out what happens? <laughs> uh, only if you're looking for errors. Um, so... Since we don't know what these do yet, I thought, um, well, there's an auto uh, uh, an autopilot for the approach. Is there any other program you think it would be nice to have at your station? What about you, Bardak? Baronix, Hira? Um, yeah, I'd like to set, like, some warning levels, if, you know, to make sure that the ship is running within parameters. But I could just run every half hour or so. Okay, would you jot um, that down in your notes and I will add it to your programs. Uh, telling the, my, my station, like, I say something and it would say, I would say, uh, look, we have a ship coming in. So, like, voice activated, so you don't have to touch buttons, yeah. you can just tell it to scan. Yeah. All right, why don't you put voice activation? I want that too. You want that too? Okay. Oh, um... Yeah. It is. Can you believe it? I have windows open. Oh, oh no. I'll be right back. Okay. So, can I make it so, like, when I talk into my earpiece, I can, like, tell what the nav helm to do, like, someplace else. So voice automation, kind of? Yeah, but, like, from the earpiece. Okay. So, like, if I'm straining the jungle, I can just make it fly to our location. That would be pretty tricky. That would be pretty tricky. Because, really, um, it still requires a person to fly the ship. Okay? So as far as, hey, ship, come get us, please, yeah, I don't think you could do that. I think that's well, can I like so like um, since there's like a pin that like um, says that like we're the surroundings and everything, could I like tell what to do to the ship from mother? Write down that you want to give remote remote voice commands to the ship, and I'll figure out which things you can tell it to do and which things you can't. Okay. Just meet us at the corner. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was bringing up. I was letting him know it probably wouldn't be that simple. Um, yeah, this is going to blow my audio. And it's part of why I closed everything is because with the wind blowing so much, it causes the clouds to keep passing through, and so it gets darker, it gets lighter. So I closed everything because I didn't want the video to suffer. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, we got two and a half minutes. Do you have any ideas for uh, things you'd like to do? Programs you would like to have at your comm station? Because um, well, mine's got to be, I mean, when we land or take off, it's got to be, you know, I mean, we're not always at Brindle Station, or so it's going to have to be manually done. Okay, well, this is not a one-time thing. You guys can give suggestions from here on out. Uh, so it's program every five minutes? Scan every five minutes. Scan. And we got plenty of time if people, if any of you want to make more suggestions. Um, and again, this is. I mean, I guess I could make it to where I don't have to be at the bridge to hear an incoming call or send one or out. Or send out an outgoing. Yeah. Okay, so put on your notes. Uh, next. Do I already have 
historical records of things like energy usage and things like that? I wouldn't see why not. Logs is a pretty basic thing. Okay. So maybe something basic to see if any system is using more energy than, like maybe weekly I would just check and say, is there some system that is consuming too much energy as a possible failure or something? Or maybe daily. Unusual. Or maybe that energy. Unusual power fluctuations. Or consumption. Yeah. Yeah. However you want to write that. Alright. So like, if I were to have a remote to voice commands, like, could it be like, if I'm, like, we have to get out quickly? Like, before I even add it now, if I'm just tell it to start, um, right, fine, oh, start rising? Well, maybe. I thought you were going to say, because you guys are supposed to, like, power down the ship and lock your consoles when you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see where, rather than get on the bridge and have to turn everything on, you could send a remote command to start the car, basically, and turn oh. on the heater. Okay. So, yeah, put uh, uh, remote start of ship systems. Um, I want to say again, nice and clear for everybody, this is an ongoing thing, like the, uh, like the equipment that you got off the bus. If three sessions from now you think of a new program you'd like to run on your, on your console, I'll say, well, how about that? It's already on there. So would you like to activate it now? Okay? All right. But yeah, we need to buy a break here. So okay. we will buy a break there. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and do the chips and drinks. What do you say? Interested? Okay, so first of all, we are finally having the Jones Cola Cream Soda that um, I guess it was Quincy on the Rollgate group that recommended it. And then uh, the old classic Cool Ranch Doritos. Drop out of jump here at the Brindle system. Now, I'm going to go to Napa. Yes, you are going to need to set a course for Brindle. So I don't need a roll, but you can take a mark for Nav Helm as well as Astrogation. Okay. It is now day 37, August 21st in the game. So we just dropped out, and I need to know what everybody has been studying or training this week. And uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hero, bardak, that combat sure sucks with a minus three, doesn't it? Yeah. It'd really suck if you had to use a lot of combat sometime soon and you still had that minus three. Yeah, I'll do combat. I want to get it to at least a zero. Okay, so let's start with Bardak then. Um, so give me that 1d6. Four. Four. Hera, what uh, did you study this week? Portrait. I'll do combat too. Okay, so let's say that the two of you said enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Let's go and work on some combat together. Um, so you can roll the 1d6 for how many marks you earn. Two. Two. We'll give you a plus one on that because you were training together. Mm-hmm. So um, go ahead and add three marks and give yourself a zero in combat. Shouldn't, um, since they were training together, shouldn't Bardock get an extra one? Yeah, that probably makes sense. So yeah, add yourself. So does that mean I get a plus one? Oh, sure. You must be a natural. Unless maybe one of these guys, um, helped you to train and taught you some stuff. Most likely. Alright. I trained 
my uh, back suit. That's so. a good idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. One d six. Two. Oh, okay. Take the two marks. Yeah, you did say you spent a lot of time watching TV with Boxo, so that <laughs> explain why you only got two marks this week. And then, Bosk. So since I have the explosives of Arnhem can I still get to do two until I get one of them to plus one? Nah, let's put you back on one like everybody else now. I'm going to do un unarmed combat. Okay. Six. Oh, yeah. Mm. So now I'm at plus one. Nice. Okay, so tell you what. We will say that you guys were training with Bosk during the week. Yeah. And that's why you managed to accelerate your combat skills so quickly. So, we will say that Bosk properly set the um, course. And you guys are approaching... Brindle Megaplex Starport. We'll also say that it's now around 1 p.m., 1 in the afternoon. Okay, you guys are probably getting hungry for lunch or whatever. Yeah. Um, Poxo and Vril are hanging out on the bridge for the approach to the Starport. Okay. Um, as you get close to the station, you see the proof of how technologically advanced Brindle is. To look at this station, they are clearly more advanced than Dalla. Poxo is ooing and aahing over everything that you are looking at. He looks like this tops everything he's seen so far. He's watching the screens at ComTech, leaned against the wall next to the corridor door like he might fall over if not supported. Vril stands next to Baronix, his new buddy, at ship sensors watching the screens. His face stone and impossible to read. Now... This is what you all see. Uh, whoops, wrong hangout. There we go. This is what you all see, but this time, you guys don't have Jex to explain anything to you like he did on Dalla. And yeah, it's slow, but it's getting there. There it is. Picture. Whoa. Uh huh. So you guys are approaching this station, and here's another view of it. So a show that Tara and I love, Dark Matter, um, Joseph Malazzi, one of the executive producers and showrunners, has recently been, it was canceled before they could finish the show. Um, he's actually been posting some concept art and stuff that did, would have been used in the next season if they'd continued. Um, so, and I loved it so much I wanted to do something with it. So I thought, hey, you know what? It'll be the Brindle Megaplex. So this is the amazingly complex station that you are now approaching. Brindle Station, this is the FT-7118 requesting permission to dock. After a moment, the reply comes in. DFT 7118, this is Brindle Megaplex. <laughs> DFT 7118, this is Brindle Megaplex Control Tower 6. Approach denied. Oh. 
Brendel is under quarantine procedures. Move out to the holding line at 300 kilometers and await further instructions. My sensors show that a lot of ships are orbiting the planet at 300 kilometers. Well, I think we should probably move out. Yeah. Maybe we could also offer Hera if you're interested that you're a medic and maybe you could help. Yeah, I was going to suggest <laughs> something like that. Mm. Should, we, should we ask before we move to, or maybe we should start yeah. moving? Oh, sorry, Eric. First, that's okay. Well, I'd probably get back on there. Brindle Megaplex, uh, DFT 7118. Um, what is the quarantine? And is there a possibility that maybe we could render some assistance? DFT 718, Brindle Megaplex Control Tower 6. No further information is available at this time, and no further help is needed. Uh, please move out to the holding line at 300 kilometers and await further instructions. Can I throw a bomb at them? No! Let's set a course for 300 kilometers. Do I roll for it? No, um, but you can go ahead and take another nav helm mark. Yeah. Do you also do pilot mark too? Oh yeah, sure. That's a good idea. Um, now, the picture I'm about to share is inaccurate, but it's close enough. I've been looking for an excuse to uh, use this image. Everybody got it? Yep. Okay, so that's the the berth where you will pull your ship into, and you can see the larger ship in the foreground is headed toward it. And down beneath, you see a line of ships. So to me, this was a decent enough way to visualize that, yeah, there's like a line of ships orbiting the planet. Um, sensors would be able to tell you how many there are if you guys were interested in that sort of thing. But what they're doing is they are orbiting. Now, uh, the orbit, your orbit of the planet at 300 kilometers is taking about 80 minutes to go all the way around. Thank you, NASA.gov, for all of the information <laughs> we used to design this. Um, and what you're noticing is that every so often, there are, there are five or six of these births, and I'm off my script, so I hope I don't mess this up. And once in a while, you'll see somebody break off from this orbit line and go into one of those berths. Um, and you're seeing this happen, I mean, it couldn't be any more than one an hour, maybe, that they are letting one ship in at a time, basically. Mm. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. Blowing up my audio. Is there any way we can listen in on the communications going in and out? Bang! I was hoping somebody would think to do that! <laughs> well, you notice there's a lot of um, traffic on the... You know how Jacks like to listen to the rumors and all that? Just listen to the radio traffic? You listen to the radio traffic. Do I need a roll on this? Let me see. Um... 
Like the trucker CV. Mm-hmm. That's it. in my notes. It says if someone thinks to listen in on the trucker channel, they'll hear that the. <laughs> um, so yes, I actually did not make this a roll, um, but you hear all of this chatter that um, both the planet and the Megaplex are on quarantine lockdown. No one in or out. An investigation is going on. Word is, it will probably be several days that you guys are going to be in this holding line. Um, And then here's my notes. Yeah. Um, You hear them describing what's happening turn by turn. Whoever is closest when one of those bays opens for the next person is then guided into what appears to be um, microbial inspection and uh, onboard and uh, uh, served, you know, outside of the ship and all that. And that's when directed to do so, of course. So not only do you have to wait your turn, but if you just pass the ship and they open the door, you just missed it. So uh, it takes quite some time to process, process each ship that enters. And yeah, if they don't call off this quarantine, they all agree that it's probably going to be several days. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, we're stuck here. I think we should wait. Could I do research on the um, weapon stores they have on there? I also think... I, I wonder if we should make some plans for when we get there about what are the things we want to do. I'm going to look at the weapon stores. To get something there. Something from the computer. Not mine. It was at the comms station. So there's a there's cargo that needs to go to Kavma, cargo that needs to go to Calabed. Uh, passage. Somebody wants some people want passage to Smuggler's Notch, plus a bonus. And a rush shipment to Kavma. Well, if we'd take a, a job <coughs> to Kavma, which would be a 12-day run trip, if everything goes according to plan, would we be late with our current shipment? Is there such thing as being late? I think there is. Where's the Caliban system again? Exactly. No, it's not in this game. Well, it's not on the only subsector subsector map that you guys have, so it must be outside of the subsector. How about Smuggler's Cove? Smuggler's Notch. Smuggler's Notch. It's the name of a disc golf course. Oh, okay. I wish I could go play. Um, You've got a map. Look at it. Is it there? No. So. So Kavanaugh is six days. Well, and also that would be, if everything goes well, it would be 12 days. And what the chances of that? Fine. <laughs> Things going well. <laughs> well, we could take some passengers to Smuggler's Notch. We don't know where that is. Or how long it takes to get there. So, do you want to wave back on the Smuggler's Notch job? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, Hira, you wave back, um, and you get this. It's an urgent... One passenger to Smuggler's Notch. 10,000 credits. Made in advance. Bonus on arrival. How far is it? How long does it take to get there? 
I mean, you guys could go check it out and change your and minds. We don't have through. a star chart or anything? You have a subsector map. You remember the computer is only loaded for the maps that you're actually going to oh. need to do your job. I'd be curious just to find oh. out how far it is. You know what? I am so sorry. I left out part of it. Rendezvous coordinates are attached for the job. Oh. So how far away is it? And how long will it take? So, so you would be the one to answer that. If Hero were to give you those coordinates, you would see that it is only about 10 minutes away to go oh. talk to the person with the job. Okay, 10 minutes away. If you guys wanted to set course and head over there. We could talk with them, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. So do you guys want to set course and go check it out? Yep, yeah. All right, take a mark for, um, just go ahead and take the piloting. <clears throat> and yeah, as I said, it's only about 10 minutes away. The ID beacon identifies it as a Firefly-class firefly fire trader. So you guys are approaching a Firefly-class firefly fire trader. Mm -hmm. Which, that Which looks like this. Okay. This is a Firefly... Firefly. Firefly class fire trader. Okay. So you guys are approaching a ship like that. How big is it compared to ours? It's about the same size. It's about the same size. Does it have guns on it? Um, only one person can answer that question. Scan the ship for exterior weapons. Okay, give me a roll plus um, ship sensors, I guess. All right, give me a roll plus ship sensors. Two D6 or? Of course, yes. Okay. Jinx. Seven. Seven. Okay. Is it loud? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to count it as enough of a success that. Um, uh, and sorry, I'll just announce it to the table. You don't see any weapons, but you see that it's partially disabled. The jump drive is offline. Mm -hmm. So we'll pretend that Baronix told everybody that. Uh, fire, fire, fly, fly, fire trader. Uh, this is DFT 7118 responding to your wave. Oh, corporation types. All right, that works. We'll see. I'm not actually on the ship, though. I'm on a lifeboat about 500 meters away. <laughs> I'm turning on my transponder now so you can find me. Um, so it's basically a lifeboat that's got one seat surrounded by controls. Maybe the seat back is reclinable. Um, but yes, he's floating in this lifeboat here. I think we should ask him what's wrong with this ship. Yeah. Lifeboat, this is seven DFT seven one one eight. What's the what's the problem? Why are you in a lifeboat? Well, you noticed that, huh? Now, my ship apparently ain't up to the task of a space jump. I, I had some problems. There was a lot of sparks and smoke and alarms. I decided it was best to get out of there. Is this your uh, ship here? Off to the side. Yeah, there she sits. 
Ain't going nowhere anytime soon, though, and I've got to get to smugglers, not as soon as possible. I have a very important business meeting, the most important I've ever had in my life, and I have got to get there immediately. How square it is. We should yeah, find out how far it is. And how long it takes to get there. All right, corporate types, they probably don't put that on the map. It's about one parsec away. It's very close. How long does it take? As long as any jump takes. So a week. A week. And our ship needs all of us to fly it. It needs all four of us on the ship to fly it. Mm, not necessarily. Why? What did you have in mind? Sending me. Yeah. To fix the ship. Mm -hmm. Talk to the guy. Well, what's wrong with your ship? I got a couple of guys over here that might be able to fix it. Oh, well, I'm not interested in getting my ship fixed. My ship can wait. I need to get to Smuggler's Notch. He's begging her. Well, what I was thinking is that we could leave Bardag there. Take this guy to Smuggler's Notch. <laughs> take off the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that over the comm? <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we should ask him if he needs a ride back. Are you going to need a ride back? Nope. One-way trip. This is nice and easy. 10000 in your hand before we even leave. And then there'll be another fifteen when I get my business transaction done on Smuggler's Notch. Well, how do you plan on getting back to your ship? I got greater concerns right now. I'm not worried about getting back. Smuggler's Nuts is like a home for me. I plan on staying a while. I'll have somebody pick my ship up later. Now, come on. What's, what's high passage pay for one parsec? 8,500, something like that? You guys clearly are a trade ship. Don't have accommodations for high passage. I'm willing to pay you a high passage fee Plus an extra, uh, let's see, that'd be $1,500. Um, and I'll sleep on your cargo deck floor. I don't care. I just need to get there. You'll be making 25,000 credits just by giving me a ride. It's tempting. Well, it's either take this guy to Smuggler's Notch or... Wait around. Fly around in circles for <laughs> days on end. We got okay. it. I think we can, we can take it. Alright, everybody make sure all the airlocks are closed to the cargo bay. First we have to get our rifles. Yeah, we should, um, we might want to all be armed for the duration of this trip. Mm -hmm. I, will I will go down and get, uh, a pistol. I'll go yeah, down and get a, a rifle too. and a pistol. Yeah, rifle and pistol. All right, everybody, write down what it is. Uh, just put it with what you're wearing, I guess. I already have pistols. I just put it. Oh, in your inventory. That's fine. Too. Rifle. 
with our clothes? Stove. I guess it doesn't matter. And I also have a wooden knife. I am the wooden knife. Let's not forget that. <laughs> I made a wooden knife out of pistol. So we're still wearing our wild clothes. Uh, no, I don't think you are. I didn't want to take it off and have to, you know, rewrite it back just, on there. Last I'll... I heard, you two had changed into your uniforms for the yeah, infiltration. We, I, I but just... it is a week later. You guys could very well be wearing your uniform I'll, by now. I'll just keep my sunglasses and blue and orange bandana. With your uniform. Okay. Interesting touch. Just... Okay. Keep wearing your hippie clothes. All right. Okay. So, what's about to happen? We need to lock down everything. I'm going to call over to him and five minutes to lock down the cargo bay. Okay. And now, are you guys... uh, Obviously, you can't be in the cargo bay when you open the big airlock. Uh So, where are you guys going to be? Okay, so we got a plan? Yeah. So, you you two are in position... Um, the dude at Ship Systems is going to open the airlock. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to maneuver the lifeboat into the cargo bay. Um, he is going to radio DFT-7, uh, let's see, um, what would he say? Uh, he would say something like, uh, all right, guys, I am in the cargo bay, and uh, I have landed. Okay, I'll close the ramp. In the airlock. In the airlock, and we can uh, let all the air back in. Okay. You'll want to let him know when the cargo deck is now repressurized. Okay. And that is now, I take it? Sure. All right. I think Harry should communicate that. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, that means the cargo bay is sealed up and empty uh, of people standing in it when the door of his lifeboat begins to open. Okay, so um, that means the cargo bay is sealed up and empty uh, of people standing in it when the door of his lifeboat begins to open. Do you guys want to remain hidden behind the doors, or do you want to come in and let him know that we're not taking any chances, or what? I'm going to be hidden. Okay. Me too. All right. Well, then he's going to get out of the lifeboat, and he's going to be like, Hello? <laughs> Where is everybody? <laughs> I think you should two should go in and check. At least one of you. Okay. How about I stay on the bridge, since if we need to, I can find a ship and Harry can go down. Okay. So here are you going to be the welcoming committee? Yes. So you go down the stairs, you walk through the door, the door swooshes open. The man that stands there is probably not much over 30, um, but as he moves around, which he does kind of a, quite a bit, he's very lithe and graceful. He's small of frame and stature, a couple of long scars on an otherwise youthful face with dark eyes. He's got dark hair slicked back, not long or thick, but tied into a little wispy tail at the back of his head. He's wearing black, featureless, thigh-high boots, leather boots. He's got black, tight-fitting pants with a lot of pockets. And he has a loose-fitting, dark green, long-sleeved, billowy shirt that's tucked in. And he has a short sword and a scabbard that hangs on his left hip. His hands are gloved, black, thin gloves, perfectly fit like a second skin. In his left gloved hand is a black briefcase. And he looks at you and says, Minkle, 
Harcourt Lavin Minkle. Mink, when you're in a hurry. Acting captain here. Oh, my. <laughs> well, he's got to, you know, think that there's a captain. Uh-huh. Uh. What? Money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking that 10,000 credits you promised. Wow, straight to the point. <laughs> Whatever happened to trust? All right. You can't trust anybody out here in deep space. I agree with that. That's why I sent out a wave rather than a distress signal, because nobody helps nobody unless they got something in it for them. So I prefer to offer money. So I can respect a woman of business. He takes out a case and empties it in his hand. You hold out your hand, and he dumps them. You can count it. That is my last 10,000 credits there. Did you count it? I think Baronix no. and I should, should come out now. Does anybody remember how to count sticks? I'm not going to make you do it. I'm asking... It's the ones on the left were like thousands or hundreds. I don't remember what the denominations were. So you would probably have at least a vague notion that, yeah, this is a lot here. You can see that there are a lot of 500s in there. Um, you could count it down to the penny later. Um, but yes, it's a huge fistful of sticks, and you believe that this could very well be 10,000 credits that you're holding in your hand. So then I, I think Veronics and I so should I go out and make sure he doesn't do anything risky. Okay, so the two of you appear, and he now sees the armed guard. Guards. I'm just going to say this is just for safety reasons. Okay, well, if he saw you come out, he'd even ask, Say, what is this? And then you could explain to him that this is just for our protection, right? Okay, so you two are standing there with guns. She's standing there with a fistful of sticks. I'm going to ask him if he's hungry for anything. Quite the host. I thought you were like the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to make sure he doesn't want to think we're something. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can always go for a nosh. Why? Are you buying? No. Um, okay. We have... We have a what? He, he's he can always have a bite to eat. Okay, so I'm going to ask him what... what what would you like? Well, let's see what you got, friend. And he walks up to you and just starts, uh, like, he's going to head toward the stairs. Uh, he's uh, ready to be fed. Uh, as long as Hira, acting captain, excuse me, Hira <laughs> is okay with that. That's fine, but you boys need to keep an eye on him. Okay, so you, uh, you all are going to head for the galley lounge? Yep. Okay. Is, uh, is... Is this an Antoto trip? Are all of you going to the galley lounge? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm going, going back to the bridge. And I showed okay. the dispensers. The okay. He would probably be very excited to see them. Now, where is the coordinates to smugglers not? Okay, so you want to take care of some business before we get to lunch. Okay, so tell you what is Mink will tell you his offer. So yeah, like I says in the wave, I gotta get to Smuggler's Notch. I'm already behind schedule for the most important business meeting of my life. Um, I have got to get this case to Smuggler's Notch 
in five days. And you guys can't make it in five days, so this is what I'm saying, that I'm already late. Um, and sure, he could provide you with the coordinates. Now, you would hand those coordinates in turn to Bosk. I and can do it. Well, what do you have? Oh, in, that's right. You, what do you have in piloting? Plus one. Actually, what you need plus is astrogation. One and plus one on astrogation. Okay, so uh, she'll give them to Bardak. Then. I think I'll quickly do it. No, well, you're you're you good to the galley. Lounge. You should watch this guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, no doubt. You're yeah, gonna trust the guy with the glasses and the pocket protector to watch him. <laughs> so go ahead and take a mark for astrogation. You don't gotta roll it. Okay. Um, but keep that pencil in your hand. Because where you find a smuggler's notch to be is right there. And you can put an X or you can jot a little smuggler's notch or something. And yes, um, ever since I first designed this map, there are hidden things on this map. Things that do not appear on the map. And here's the first one, smuggler's notch. So he has provided you guys with the coordinates. He says he's got to get this briefcase there in five days, but you won't make it in five days, so it's just going to have to do. So, what's it to be? Are you going to, like, set course? Do you want to know no. some more things first? What? I'm going to, in the gallery lounge, I'm going to sit in the corner, watching... With your back to the corner? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that he was most agreeable to some food. Um, I've been in that lifeboat for hours. All I've had to eat is a couple of protein cubes. I'm ready to eat. So, yeah. Um, I wonder what he eats. I guess he'd, um, he, he'd probably say, oh, just anything. Just whatever you recommend. Just hand it to me. So, uh, what would you like to serve? Wait, so is there something that has to do, be with alligator? Uh, there was... Alligator chops or something like that? Yeah, it was like alligator with rice and beans, something like that. I think I'll give him, like, alligator. Okay. All right, so yeah, he's sitting there chowing down on, on alligator and, and, uh, and rice and beans. beans. So between her and I, do we have a reasonable chance of doing sensors? You don't have senses. I do. She does, yeah. Yeah. I think you should do the senses. It's a zero, though. So is Leslie's. Oh. What are we doing with sensors? Doing the sensors. Well, he and I are going to fly the ship. Oh, like jump? Yeah. No, now, to make a jump, you need all four. We can't, like, take turns? Sure, you could, but you guys don't have... Let's see, you do have ship sense. You could, but you guys aren't as highly rated as they are, so... That's okay. Okay, so you guys actually want to do this, huh? You're going to yeah. jump to Smuggler's Notch. Yeah, I do not approve. He does no. not approve. Well, watch, watch you're down the in the galley lounge eating yeah. an alligator with mink, though. So you don't even know this conversation is going yeah. on. I think we should do it, because we want to keep an eye on our guest. All right, oh, let's contact. do it. So you want to make it jump? Okay. Let's All right, it. stand by a second. Stand by a second. Dude, we'll make these guys the hard muscle. Yeah. yeah, and then he can say, why'd you guys jump without me? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. You guys can yell at him or whatever. So what's the uh, first step in the jump procedure? You guys got two minutes, ten plot, seconds. Of course. Um, yeah, it's actually supposed to be Astrogation plus Nap Helm. No, I don't have Nap Helm. That's right, you don't. So I hope you succeed. Seven. 
seven. Wow. Let me uh, jot those down here. This is uh, this could be some drama. Um, let's see. Um, the plot course is a seven. What happens next? I'm gonna co- uh, broadcast the course. Okay. Oh, I forgot to oppose your roll. Oops. Nine. Trust a smiling GM. Okay, you, uh, that was for the comms. Oh, and then I gotta do a sensor scan. Hang on. Comms, you got a what? Nine. Nine, and I oppose and get, hmm. And then the sensors. This doesn't sound too good. Nine. Sensors, you roll the nine, and I oppose with. Interesting. Okay, and ship systems. Okay. Ship systems is an eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, hang on while I compute <laughs> the. Do I need to roll a piloting roll too? Um, that's going to be with the final modifier, which I have to do with math. We're going to blow a jump drive and just be stranded with this guy. <laughs> we'll see. Give me that final jump roll. All right. I'll tell it real. We'll tell it real to fix everything. Yeah. Oh. You can't blame Okay. I have an eight. Good, good, good. Interesting. The worst was a seven. And that's with the challenge for the You guys are downstairs when you hear yourselves going in the jump. Now, are if you, you have an opinion about it, wait until we get back from the uh, bio break, and then you can chew them out all you want. All right, that's bio break, everybody. And we'll get back together for one last segment already. All right, are we all back for the final segment? Uh-huh. All right, here we go. So over, over the earpiece, I must ask what, um, ask Bardak, what is he, what the heck is he doing? I, Aaron, I jumped to jump space so that you could keep an eye on our guest. So there it is. So, what do we all feel should happen next? We are now back in another. Week of jump space. I think that Bosk and Baranix should spend as much time with our guest as possible. Um, you could play VR games with them just to keep them out of trouble. Is he going to sleep in the galley lounge? He could sleep on the couch in the galley yeah. lounge. And then. You know, um, I never even thought about the fact that you guys had a couch that it could crash on. Oops. Okay, so I think that's all you need to know. You could show them the TV, how the dispensers work. I know. There's so many things. Yeah, I mean, you guys have a whole week to kill. I think we need to learn as much as we can about Smuggler's Notch. We should maybe get a map, have them draw a map, so we know where everything is. We could. Are, are we are we going into staying in Smith? Just just so we have all the data we can get. Okay, I'm gonna ask him if all the ins and outs. Like is smuggler maybe not we could, dangerous? Maybe we could buy some things we need there. 
It's not, it sounds like a good place for weapons, you know, smugglers. And maybe we could get a disguise that isn't outrageous for other planets. Or for Kavma, even. Because we could, we because we, if we don't want to show up in our Dulos suits, we can but go if we our... show up wearing tie-dye shirts and <laughs> paisley pants, we might stand out even more. So getting some kind of generic middle-of-the-road clothes that would make us not noticeable either way. So we could find out from him the layout, all the stuff we can buy, where we would need to buy it. Okay, I would ask him that. I think you could build a relationship with trust, you guys both, and get as much, spend the whole week kind of pumping him for, well not pumping, just you know, asking questions throughout the week. But also spending time with him. Yeah, and keeping him out of trouble. So, so it'd be nice to have a map, what we can buy there, where we can buy it. What are the dangerous things? Are there things we need to be aware of? Okay, I'll ask him that. <clears throat> okay, if, if you were to ask him just a general kind of what is Smuggler's Notch, it's a, um, a marketplace-like in the Stukimi subsector. Selling and buying and, and networking and socializing. People like myself, free traders, you know, entrepreneurs, independent merchants, gentlemen of fortune, those types. I'm asking, can we get weapons there? Yeah, yeah, they they have a lot of weapons, and I really recommend that you bring all you can carry when we get there. Oh dear. <laughs> mm. So, uh, where, how do you exactly buy things, and is it dangerous there? Well. It's dangerous if you are dangerous. I certainly wouldn't start any trouble there. Because, well, it's, it's a red zone. So, like, if we bring weapons, will we cause... Is there a chance that we cause what, um, trouble? As long as you don't use them first. And then, do people there have trouble with doulos people? Oh, uh, they, yeah, corporate types ain't allowed there. You're going to want to take off those uniforms when we go down. But won't they recognize from the ship, though? How about these? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we make our approach, they, they'll send out an escort. But, but I can handle them. Don't worry about it. They know me on Smuggler's Notch. Oh, yeah. Do they have problems with hip problems with hippies? I have no idea what a hippie is. <laughs> How about buying clothes? So and also is there a good is there a map? Could he draw a map for us? Could we could we get a map and is there clothes that we could buy? Well, it's not really a place you can map, see. It's more People come from all over the place to do their various business there. So sometimes it'll be one group of people, sometimes it'll not be another group of people. But there's basically like one town, one marketplace. And then people just park their ships around the town. And uh, yeah, and there's plenty of stuff to buy there. You can buy, well, I mean, being a red zone, obviously, 
it's illegal to even go there. So people use that opportunistically for their business. Uh, is there chances of uh, you accidentally getting into a fight? To I doubt it. Just keep to yourself. You guys are just going to go with me to this club called Happy Jack's. I'm going to do a business transaction. I'm going to be walking out of there with a lot of money, and then I'm going to give you your share. We'll go our separate ways, and may the great prophet Zarquan shine his ever-loving light on your journey. We're done there. So, how many people there know you? Everybody. I practically grew up there. Me and my old man. He used to take me on all of his journeys, all of his ventures, say. And so I was trained by the best. And they know me and they know my old man there. Uh, is there any pl a particular place to people to buy from that you would advise? Oh, sure. I can reintroduce you to a few people. Yeah, not a problem. Okay. Do you need them sell weapons? Oh, yeah. I can get you anything you want. You're a gun guy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much use for guns myself. A gun is a coward's weapon, my friend. There's no way you can defend against a gun. It doesn't prove who's a better man. I got my sword, and it's managed to get me through my whole life. I have never needed a gun once. I have a knife. Well, I can respect that. <laughs> Well, during the week, I mean, again, you guys are going to spend a week hanging out with Mink, um, the, uh, the uh, week in jump space. Um, let's see, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Mink sleeps a lot. Um, he doesn't really care to make friends. Um, as far as your other two passengers, by, by the way, this ship's getting kind of full now. Vril um, pretty much just sneers at um, Mink. I mean, okay, well, how is Mink dressed? I gave a bunch of details. Flamboyantly. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, uh, and, and uh, I, Poxo initially seemed enchanted with this space rogue, but finds watching people working more interesting than watching Mink sleep. <laughs> um, and by the way, when someone does try to talk to Mink, it usually ends up with him trying to change the subject to him. He tells a lot of stories of his adventures, and they seem kind of far-fetched, or at least exaggerated. Is there, like, you know, something we could search the universe web for on him or the smugglers not? No, this is a corporation ship. They keep you like a sequestered juror. You get no outside information, only what's on your various devices. What are you doing out here in space? Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm out here in space everywhere, really. I, I had a... Uh, uh, a business meeting on Brindle where I acquired some an, an item that somebody else is willing to pay a lot of money for. So I went to Brindle, I acquired it, got on my ship, went to go to Smuggler's Notch, and my jump drive failed. And you fly that ship all by yourself, do you? Yeah. It takes four of us to fly this one. And this is a much more basic ship. 
I mean, again, the, the three of us would know some things about a Firefly-class ship. Wash is all it takes to yeah. fly it. So. Did you have any other crew aboard your ship? No, just me. I'm an independent businessman. When are you going back for your ship? It don't matter. If, if, I, if I landed on Brindle, then I gotta pay for storage and all sorts of stuff like that. Not to mention they're not letting anybody land right now, so it's just easier to leave it hanging out there. There's for no, pirates to get? There's no pirates in Brindle space. <laughs> Brindle's much better defended than anywhere else in the subsector. They haven't seen a pirate there in 200 years. There is one part that I'd uh, still like to get in. Um, I just, uh, I want to make sure that uh, you guys have really thought it through before you go putting yourself in a d dangerous situation with this guy that you have found out everything that you feel is important to find out. If you guys are willing to say that, then we will drop out of jump. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah. Cool. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So I tell you what we will do here. We will say that um, seven days later, I believe, is what I got. You guys drop out of jump. We will say that um, seven days later, I believe, is what I got. You guys drop out of jump. It has now been 44 days since you woke up into your new life. You woke up July 15th, and it is now August 28th, game date. So we are now on day 44. Yes, everybody tell me what you want to, what you trained and studied this mm -hmm. week. I'm going to do now, Helen. Okay. Four marks, so you can. Uh, Nav Helm is now a zero, and you have however many marks. Who's next? Anyone? Jump on in. Ooh, uh, explosives. Okay. Roll it. Two. Right on. Now a plus one. Okay, nice. Anyone? Anyone? Um, I trained the. Ship sensors. Okay, that's good. Roll it. Someone should train on ship systems. That's the one that I'm the only one that knows. Five. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. So you really spent some time at your console this week and really got to know it. Oh, nine plus one. Oh, nice. Baby doll of mine. She's going to study. Um, Mink for streetwise. Mm -hmm. How he goes about. Okay, people watching, sort of. Mm -hmm. Alright, I'll, I'll try it. Slash is left. Five. Oh, nice. So you just increased your streetwise quite a bit. Two left. I'm going to give myself a plus one here. Okay, and you did write something in that spot, but I will now write something different. Oh, dear. No, 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 it's not a big deal. I just... Smuggler's Notch is not the name of the system itself. All right, so I'm going to write... 
S-T-U-K-I-M-I, Stukimi is the name of the system where Smuggler's Notch is located. So, and I really, I was searching very fast this morning trying to find some kind of theme music, and I never did find one, so that's unfortunate. Just, just hear spacey and mysterious music in your head, okay? Think like, <laughs> like Philip Glass or... Uh, What's that guy's name that your dad is into? Mike Oldfield. Mike Oldfield will work. I was thinking of somebody else. Ray Lynch, yeah. So think like Ray Lynch kind of music as we're traveling in here, okay? Entering the Stukimi system, you encounter an unbelievable sight. Uh, we're, we're cheating as far as how space travel really works. You, uh, as you're getting closer to the planet you're headed for, you pass a planet that it is a paradise of greens and blues, but it's shattered. The whole planet is split into three large chunks, with countless smaller chunks floating among them. An entire ocean is spilling out into space like a great ice sculpture. The ocean bed it drained from, now a canyon of unimaginable size that covers most of a large chunk of what remains of the planet. Death Star. Huh? Yeah, it could be a Death Star. Yeah. Doesn't a Death Star completely like vaporize a planet, though? It like it's not as um, not as powerful as Star. Maybe, but yes, this this planet was a huge ball, and now it's in three large chunks, a bunch of little chunks. And it's an amazing sight how the ocean has come out and then just like frozen in space. And so we're talking, you know, a 400 mile tall ice sculpture of this ocean that leaked out. And um, that would surely be quite a sight. Okay, But as you are approaching the planet that you're actually headed for, this planet is scorched and smoldering. Like the whole planet caught fire and burned up. Even the oceans are brown and black, like they're filled with soot and ash. Half of the landmass of the planet is blackened. The other half is also black, but with what must be thousands of square miles of red and orange glow, like endless mountain ranges of cinder. Mink says, this is the place. Home sweet home. We want the moon on the other side of the planet from us. So you would enter yourself a little half orbit around the planet to get to the other side. Um, you can go ahead and take a mark for that. Why not? Me or Vlad? Vlad. I assume he's the one flying as you guys came out of jump anyway. We'll pilot assume that pilot or astronaut? Um, just, yeah, pilot and I guess nav helm. Um... As you are making your way around the planet, spaceships float here and there all around this apocalypse planet, and they're all torn to pieces from massive vessels of hellish war now with gaping blackened holes in them to what were maybe entire squadrons of small singer, single, small single pilot fighters that are now mostly clouds of particulate debris. And with pieces of every kind of ship in between. I'm going to ask uh, Minkle, is this... What happened? Yeah, if, and if it's normal. Yeah, it's been this way a long time. I, I don't really know what happened. I don't think anybody is sure. It was a long time ago. 
But nobody ever comes here. It's red zone, so it's a good place for people to do things outside of the vision of other people who might have a problem with their kind of business. And then, yes, there it is. There's the moon. Smuggler's Notch, he declares. It is small and dark, brown and hazy. It doesn't look inviting. And that's surely the point. No. There's two objects approaching, probable vessels. They're probably our escort ships. We should ask, um, uh, what is it? Mink? Yeah, Mink, about it. But these are escort ships, Mink? Yeah, there are escorts. We're being hailed. I guess I should open the mm -hmm. channel. Okay, a voice comes over that says, Dulos Transport, what do you think you're doing here? Mink steps over to comms and says, It's all right, boys. They're with me. He takes a data crystal from his pocket and slides it into a slot on your comms panel. Well, a moment, I didn't know that was there. A moment later, <laughs> uh, the voice comes back. Identity confirmed. You understand your responsibility? I do. Not a problem. Me and these guys, we go way back. They're bona fide. Okay, so um, let's, let's um, again, you guys are probably looking out the window, curious about where you are. I doubt anybody would be leaving the bridge yet. Um, if you are, then I clearly have not described it dramatically enough. But, Does Poxo know about this? Uh, Poxo said he'd be taken in. Oh, that's right. That's when he left. Um, Poxo... I don't think I wrote a part for Poxo, so we'll say he's not even on the bridge at the moment, okay? Um, but when you guys break Atmo, so go ahead and take, go ahead and take another piloting um, mark. You guys break Atmo, and it's even more uninspiring. Uh, now, where you entered was well past the Terminator into daytime, so it should be mid-morning or so, but the ground below is dark, buried beneath a polluted sky. The light below is orange, but not a lively, bright, living orange. It's more like rust, dismal and shadowy, unreal. You are flying over what was obviously once a thriving metropolis, and now it's just miles and miles and miles of destruction. Among the buildings, and there are thousands of them, there are very many tall buildings, towering skyscrapers, or at least they were. A few are crumbling ruins. Some have crumbled all the way down, and there are small mountains of the rubbleless remains. Between the crumbled buildings and mountains of rubble, all of the level open space on the ground is filled with ships of every size and configuration. There are fighters, traders, scouts, military and civilian, gleaming as well as battered. Um, and um, what you are going to be doing is in all these miles of rubble and destruction, and even there's fires burning. Um, and yes, almost every empty space is taken up by somebody's ship parked there. Um, you are going to be, well, you, you are searching for a spot to land the ship. And you find a spot um, at the edge of a small mountain, a mountain of rubble, okay? Um, and Mink says that you are two or three miles away from where you're headed at the hub of all of this. So he says, um, change your clothes, grab all the weapons you can carry, and let's kick rocks. It's time to go get rich. And we are going to leave it there for this time. Right. When we meet next time, we will be disembarking from the ship, and we're going to go have ourselves an adventure 
on Pirate's Island. <coughs> Excuse me, Smuggler's Notch. Mm-hmm. Mm. And hey, it is 4.54. I said it would only be four segments. I assume that was five. So that went well. Um, hey, where's everybody going? No, I want to thank every one of you at the table. Boss, you did a lot more chewing than usual, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Veronix, you are great. And Bardak, thank you very much.